of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 388. Jason Lingren is with me, and we are happy to have back Fortune de Saint Germain, who is, according to conversations we've had offline, roughly 40 generations from the very famous Count Saint Germain that most people have read, I guess, mostly myths about at this point, but Fortune can correct that when we get in. Welcome, Jason. And a beautiful, warm good morning. All right. This was a long time coming. We talked about doing shows. Uh, Basically, Fortune had decided he would do another show with us. And this is going to be based around alchemical ideas. And maybe not what you expect. Maybe maybe you would think another way than this is going to go. But I guarantee it's going to be interesting. As far as I'm concerned, Fortune is one of the last of the true alchemists from what we could call old school, the way things used to be done before the modern era. Anyhow, welcome, Fortune. From the Golden Castle at the end of the world, where the rainbow begins, we present, once again, His Excellency the Count de Saint-Germain, the last of the alchemists. There it is. Welcome, Fortune. I am Fortune de Saint-Germain, and today I speak to you about alchemy, the divine art of miracles. All right, let's talk about Alchemy 101. What are the basics that a mind should be aware of with regard to alchemy in the era we exist in? The universe was created for our success. Heaven and earth are one and the same, and the moment is all positive. All places are holy, and all moments are perfect. The moment being all positive Uh, meaning that it is Eden, Nirvana. The moment is peace, joy, and beauty. And to begin, once we know that, the birthrights of the soul are love, joy, and success. No matter what the soul's past has done in any incarnation, you have the chance to finish up every time you are here. We need to know that the three A's, attention, affection, and acknowledgement, Uh, acknowledgement are necessary for the soul's thriving in physicality. There is no death, only infinite, eternal rebirth and life. The universe operates on perpetual health. And the gateway to the alchemical process is knowing that the moment is infinite. All right. I think the first time you and I spoke, you told me some of those key tenets. And so I've got to ask, how do we get to where we are currently for most people? Is this just simply about what the mind will accept? If I can fool a mind into believing this, that, or the other thing, is this all driven by mind? No, the heart and the moment are the alchemical laboratory. It's all about spirit. Uh, The mind, well, everything is intent. So intent is very, very important. But intent combined with the heart and the moment. Uh, are what is the alchemical laboratory. We need intent to begin with the process, wherever we want to go, what we are wishing for, what we choose to create and manifest. So the alchemical process, before we even get to changing lead to gold in the physical process, uh, we need to walk before we can run. So there are some things we need to know that falling in love with and savoring the present is the joyous rapture called Zen. Knowing uh, that the moment is divine, that the moment is what it is and infinitely more. We need to know this process and live this before we even begin the process of alchemy because this is the starting point. And joy is not only incidental to the spiritual quest, it is vital. Suffering is optional. And the beginning way to start taking this energy in, we talked about this in the last uh, interview, was the Twin Hearts Meditation by Master Choa Kaksui. And anyone wishing to can download that for free online. It's available to everyone for free. And this is the best meditation I've ever seen because it energizes all of the chakras. And this will, in order for us to start becoming alchemists, which we all are, and to manifest the things that we want in life for ourselves and for others, uh, 
we need to build our energy. We need to raise our chi and we need to take on more light because light and speed are an intensity, intent, intense intent and focus combined with light and speed are what actually turns things into the physical. So at the end of the process, those who wish to do real uh, spirituality is all about alchemy uh, and changing our world in a spiritual way is the highest form of alchemy. And at the end of, as we uh, go towards the end of the interview, I will talk to you about physical alchemy. And there we are. We head into spiritual alchemy now. At this point, I feel the need to lift a quote from your many great, great, great grand uncle, St. Germain. Uh, he left us this quote, attention is the key. For where a man's attention goes, there goes his energy, and he himself can but only follow. And based on what you just said, and based on knowing some of the quotes from the original St. Germain, this really relates to where we are. On the episode image I created for this episode, I always include the news um, because that grabs people's intention. But for me, if you know intent, you know a heck of a lot. So to get back to the idea of the quote I lifted from the original St. Germain, that's kind of like bookends, isn't it? Where your attention goes, you're going. If you spend your time looking at ridiculous things or fear porn or anything else, according to this quote, you will follow where you have focused your attention, which brings us back to intent. If you know the intent of something like the evening news, you basically know all you need to know, wouldn't you say? Well, our intent, uh, the, the great Hasidic teacher, the Baal Shem Tov, he's the founder of the Hasidic movement, and that is the Jewish version of Zen Buddhism, because it's finding the joy and the holiness in every moment. And he said, you are, where you are in life where your thoughts are, where your thoughts have brought you. So you are where your thoughts manifest you to be. So that's why it's very, very important for us to control our thoughts and make sure that we are uh, putting a good intent, as the Buddha would say, into the moment, because these things uh, do manifest either for good or for bad, like, like we just said in the precepts. Suffering is optional. So we get to choose whether we learn in joy or in suffering. But the, the first step is gratitude and love. So self-love, love for others, and love for the universe is a trinity. It's all one and the same. Thy neighbor, thyself, and the creator all being one and the same. And that is your starting base. And the next part is everything comes through your heart. So when you breathe in the holy breath, which the uh, Hindus call prana, you are breathing in through your root and through your crown. The root is red and the crown is violet. You breathe in and you combine the energy in your heart. That's where male and female meet. And that is your alchemical furnace. And then whatever the intent is, once it meets in the heart, and you wish to send the intent to the world or to whatever you want to manifest, you breathe that out and you bless the world and Mother Earth with the same. So, And when you breathe that energy in, a great deal of that energy will stay in you. And later on, I will talk to you about how to keep the energy inside of you as well as sending it out into the world at the same time. Okay, a couple of things here. Uh, in both episodes, images that we're going to use from the previous time you were on and this time, I make a lot, a big deal out of the violet flame of St. Germain. If people remember back to our colors episode that Jason and I did, I think we did it twice um, and go back and reference what a high level vibration uh, the violet is. But to come back around, the first time I bumped into the ideas that you're expressing um, was pre- Buddhism or the seeds that supposedly created Buddhism, and they they express the minute in this way. We run through life never focusing on the only thing that exists, therefore we live in illusion. The only thing that exists, according to this idea, is this second. And in the moment I've tried to say this second, the second has already slipped by. The main tenet, if I understand it correctly, is the past doesn't exist, 
The future doesn't exist. So the only thing that does exist is this very second. And in the time you try to address it, it's already slipped by. Do you agree with those old pre-Buddhistic ideas? Well, that is the, that the moment is the grounding. It is the essence of every religion. That's all we really have. The moment is our home. And the moment is accessible. We are all here to take as much as we can from the moment. The moment is the eternal moment. It is ever-present. And it is infinite. So no matter how much we take from the moment, as it's given to us as a gift, we can always go deeper and draw more from it. And no matter how deep you go in, uh, it's like creation and life itself. It's infinite. And the way to anchor yourself is through your root chakra. That's the ruby. That color is ruby red. And when you breathe in through your heart, uh, well, let's do it this way. You breathe in red through your root and your crown. It meets in the heart. And then you can send that down directly into your root chakra, and that will ground you. Uh, that is what is your female, your connection to the female aspect of God, and your crown is the connection to the male aspect of God. And when they meet in your heart, you can send the energy down and ground your root chakra. You can also send extra energy down through your root and bless Mother Earth. You can also, at the same time, uh, if you want, send it out through your heart and bless Mother Earth and all humanity, and that will make your root stronger. And uh, if you're a really, really good student, you can do all three at the same time. Ground your root chakra, bless Mother Earth and all humanity through your heart, and then send extra energy down through your feet into Mother Earth herself. And what a better world it would be if everyone did this every day. The American Indians are very, very good at this. Uh, they have very, very strong root chakras, and that's why they're very good at working on buildings. They're sure-footed. They build bridges. They work on buildings high up, and they don't have a fear of heights. And if we go to the East and we look at many of the spiritual teachers, they're very, very good at the heart and above. Their chakras seem to expand, and they get larger at the heart and above but they don't focus too much on the lower chakras, uh, the root and uh, such. So the, the lower chakras are just as important to focus on as the higher chakras. And as we said, they all meet in the heart to be intermingled, where male and female, where light and dark, where impersonal and personal meet. The female aspect of God is personal and the male aspect of God is impersonal. And when they meet in your heart, that becomes the alchemical fire that allows us to work miracles. So for folks that would like to start seriously beginning these types of practices, where would you suggest they begin? And I'll add, in almost every tradition that I can think of, you almost always see the novice monk or the beginner starts by counting their breath which I assume is to pull them into the moment, the only thing that truly exists. But beyond that idea, how would you direct people that want to change everything in their life and start to focus in on these spiritual ideas? I would say that one thing we do is, as we leave the topic of spiritual alchemy, when you breathe in through your root, ruby red, and then you breathe in through your crown, the ray of infinity, the ray of infinity is the impersonal aspect, the male, and the ruby red Holy Spirit through the root is the female. That's perpetual health, the personal part that cares about all of creation. You bring it into your heart, you mix it there, and then you breathe it out and you say, I bless Mother Earth and all humanity with the greatest blessings of all infinity. And that is an excellent starting point because it takes the energy through you. And when you get to be really good at this, not only can you bless the energy out through your heart into the world as it mixes, but you can also at the same time swirl it around and keep it in your own body. And that is, that's a little later on. So when we talk to the students who are just starting, uh, let the Crown energy mingle 
in the heart with the energy from the root, and then we bless it into the world. These may the world, Mother Earth, and all humanity be blessed with the greatest blessings of all infinity. And in the East, when the gurus meditate, the, the very higher ups, all of the energy that you take into your body, you give back to the earth and to the world when you are finished with your meditation. Because the only things we take to heaven with us are the things that we give away. You know, we're talking about beginnings here, Jason. Maybe the second bullet point of the things the three of us put together would fit in here. What can we talk about in terms of modern apprenticeship? And where can someone start? Where's the beginning for someone who'd like to really do this with all the time that they have? The idea of what used to be called an apprenticeship. Well, we start with uh, the precepts that we gave and another very good place. Now, this is spiritual and physical alchemy. In the beginning, we learn that to disconnect every day when you wake up, uh, you can disconnect from all negativity, past, present, and future. And you breathe in the blue flame, which is truth. That is your throat chakra. And you breathe that in through uh, the crown and through the root. And you use this meditation fragment, which is a psalm and a prayer. I am your path, I am your ways, and I am your truth. And you are the supreme God, my mother, father, and I am one with you in truth and faith, every divine, eternal, and infinite moment long. And as you're finishing that, you want to picture, you make a blue counterclockwise tornado around you. You take the energy in your heart and you go downwards in a counterclockwise direction with the tornado. And that will disconnect you from all negativity, past, present, and future. And then when you're finished with that, you breathe in the blue flame again through the root and through the crown. It meets in your heart and you invoke for divine protection, past, present, and future. And as you are finishing that, take the excess energy, breathe out through your heart and bless Mother Earth and all humanity with the same divine protection, past, present, and future. I'm going to ask another question, but the listeners, remember what Spagyrix is. It's basically described currently as the alchemy of the plant kingdom. Uh, someone might imagine someone making a remedy or some something from plants using alchemical principles. Um, the reason I'm asking this of Fortune is for those that don't know, he's a world-class healer. He's a world-class alchemist and healer. But how important are spagyrics in modern alchemy, Fortune? All of life is alchemy, our intent and our light, and the blessing and caring for all of creation. We are put here to care for creation, and not only to care, but to make things better, to bring more light down, and to learn and grow. But we are supposed to not only protect creation, but to uh, improve upon it. So the Buddhist koan. Koan is a riddle. It's something that makes no sense, but that's exactly the way it is. The universe and all of creation are perfect, including our desire to improve upon it. We have two principles of physical and spiritual alchemy, which are a very good starting place for people, as you have asked, is how to give yourself shakipat, to build your own chi energy. Now, in past, the guru who was enlightened would give you shakipat by bringing the energy into a fireball into his palm. And that color was uh, red and orange. And he would hit your kundalini with it. And that is the back. That is the back side of your sex chakra. Your soul chakra is in the front. It's about an inch or two underneath your navel, and that is your soul sex chakra. And the kundalini is the sacred sex energy in the back. And some gurus would actually use the hand with physical touch, and others were able to do it just by intent and shooting you with the holy breath. Uh, but anyone can do this uh, on a daily basis, which I recommend everybody do, because this is a very good uh, beginning point to bring more energy uh, into your whole being and to raise your own chi energy. 
And you need to do this by breathing into your heart. You take the orange energy from the crown and you take the red energy. It meets in your heart. And you say, I trade in my life for alchemical, spiritual, and divine rebirth and life. I am the joyful, perpetual, selfless service. And you give your name and you say, I love my karma and my fate. And then you take that energy that is mixed in your heart. And if you're really good, uh, you can bless the earth at the same time and then shoot it down at the very same time into your own kundalini. The second part of this is I serve selflessly. I love God with all of my heart and I am all I can be. This is what it is and infinitely more. And you can do that as the second part of the exercise. And the same thing, you can bless Mother Earth and shoot it into your kundalini at the same time. The last one for physical alchemy is uh, cleansing entities, and anyone can do this. Now, what am I talking about cleansing entities? Some people who are in asylums, you talk about possession. These are thought forms. These are living energy. And... If you have a really, really good guru who's very good clairvoyant, he will be able to look at you, whether he's in your presence or far away, and just pull the end off of you. Usually they go to the crown and they are able to just pull the entity off and just throw it on the ground. So where it just, it dissipates, it disintegrates and goes back into the earth where it's transformed and transmuted. But these are very, very uh, real things, and uh, they usually come about for people who are of lower vibration, whose thoughts are usually on the negative. And many, many times spiritual people get hit with this because they see that these, they see the energy in the crown, and they almost always go to the crown. Some people will call them uh, archons, others will call them demons, others call them entities or thought forms. But the average person can do this on his own. And you stand in the middle, you make a circle, and you jump in the middle of the circle, and the color is white gold. And you say, white gold, and it's counterclockwise energy vortex. And you just say, I command you, to come into the light and sound of God obeying the law of one. And you can also do this every day. And if you feel that you have been hit by somebody or by the, by living energy, you can do this and uh, they will come off. Wow. I've heard this term archonic infestation and things like that. Would you say that's very common for a lot of people because unfortunately they live in a lot of negativity day to day? If you're involved in drugs, alcohol, the lower vibrations, uh, a lot of uh, sex energy that is not divine, uh, anger, murder, uh, hate, uh, those are what tends to attract these and create them. And uh, we all, even people at higher levels. Now, when you get to the really, really high levels of nirvana and beyond the the christ which will bring us into physical alchemy they will disintegrate the moment they hit the teacher so if the teacher is a real teacher uh someone like a christ master the the famous christ master of our century was the stigmatist project padre pio and these would hit him and they would disintegrate almost instantaneously the darkness so these are real people are in insane asylums that do not know how to cleanse these. There are other people in jail. And many times when students start taking on light, uh, they find that they get hit in various places. They get zapped. These entities come to them to drain the energy and the light because they always go to the light. So there is more energy to feed upon in a spiritual person than in a non-spiritual person, even though the non-spiritual person has attracted and or created that energy on his own. I'm familiar with the story of Padre Pio. Would it be important, do you think, to explain to people that even though, to use him as the example, he was a devout Catholic, that's not the point. It was his approach to life, his love for humanity and God and all. That was the important part. 
he was a very, very kind, gentle human being who decided to, at an early age, to give his life over to divine service. And make no mistake, he had a lot of difficulties in his life because he had a lot on his plate. And the stigmata was doing not all, it was there to show the world, but it was there also as a way to help the world. Because by the time you get to avatar status, which is what the Christ is, the Christos from Greek, the anointed, it is the vibration of another dimension. It is not a, a vibration of this world. Nirvana, enlightenment, is the last earthly vibration. But the teachers that go beyond enlightenment to the Christ, or the Jews call it the Messiah, that is physical alchemy. That is uniting two dimensions, which allows someone to heal, to raise the dead, and they are the embodiment of alchemy. They are living alchemy. And their, their greatest joy is to help other people, to make the world a brighter place, to heal people. And if a soul has been cut off before its time, to, to give a fresh start in the body form, to bring the soul back, Jesus did that to seven human beings, uh, and Jesus was Jewish, so he grew up on the stories of Elisha and Elijah, who were wonder workers, who healed the lepers and raised the dead. Pythagoras was another Christ master. He also raised the dead, Zoroaster, Buddha, uh, and there were many, many through the generations. These are the ones that we know about, but that is, that is physical alchemy, and for these people, turning lead to gold would be a um, parlor trick for them, which they would not really consider important. But being able to change form, read thoughts, turn uh, lead to gold would all be part of what a Christ uh, master would be able to do if he so choose. Is there any of that kind of thing going on in the world anymore? Are we... Uh having a real shortage of so-called alchemists and masters are we are we truly in just a falling falling age right now and is it true that living beings like yourself are few and far between at this point well there are almost eight billion people on earth so you just by sheer numbers you will find more spiritual people on the planet and this is the most that's been on the planet uh, for, for quite a long time. Maybe once a very, very long time ago, there might have been this many. Well, there was once a very long time ago when there were this many people on the planet. Um, however, uh, 20 years ago, when I looked, there were five Christ masters on the planet. And then a little, uh, maybe... Ten years ago, there were eight on the planet at that time. And I would say just because of sheer numbers and the variations of souls from different places and different paths, uh, may, I haven't looked recently or tuned into the energy, but the last time I checked, there, there were eight Christ teachers on the planet. And uh, in this time of ours, uh, by agreement, uh, of this person, of this soul, and of an agreement of heaven, there will come a teacher, a, a soul, that will go beyond the Christ and bring down a vibration beyond that, which has never, ever been done before. In this time, is that what you're referring to, Fortune? In our era, like during this kind of upside-down existence we're living now? The Christ vibration is the furthest anyone has gone. Uh, any soul has achieved on this planet in its history. But at this time that we speak, there has been a soul that came in by agreement that will bring down a vibration beyond the Christ. For everybody listening, recently I did an episode where I touted the book, The Worship of Augustus Caesar. Everything that Fortune just said from a materialistic standpoint, from the standpoint of science, not spiritual. As a matter of fact, the man who wrote the book said astrology and religion are bunk. But what he laid down from studying chronology, uh, he shows 
the material version of what Fortune just said is laid down in that book. He does a few things like every 600 and however many years, uh, a new master was expected back in the day. But in the way Fortune just laid down special souls with, I don't know if Christ conscious is the right thing. People know what I mean. That was a much better known thing, apparently, back in the day before ancient Rome. Well, you know, we, we go back. The Hindus call it Krishna consciousness. The Buddhists call it the Bodhi mind, which is Christ consciousness. The Greeks call it the Christos, because four to five hundred years before Jesus, there was Pythagoras, and a thousand years before him, there was Zoroaster, and Moses was a Christ master. So we talk about physical alchemy. People think that walking on water, uh, parting the Red Sea, sea be still, fishes and loaves, these were not only um, metaphors, they were actual physical miracles worked by the teachers. Parting of the Red Sea, uh, the metaphor is if you're back into a wall and it seems that there's no way to escape, if your faith is great enough that you can part the Red Sea and the way will always be made for you. So the, the master Moses, who was a forerunner to Elisha and Elijah, who were forerunners to Jesus, they were all masters who worked these miracles because their, their intent was great, their faith was great, that they, they were the living embodiment, uh, not just of believing in alchemy, but, but living it. So the Buddha works a miracle 500 years before Jesus, where he reaches into his bag because the Buddha was also an itinerant preacher, and he takes cakes and drink out for the beggars out of a bag where there was nothing. So it's the same miracle of fishes and loaves worked two different parts of the world, 500 years apart, and neither teacher had ever heard of one or the other. Can we talk a little bit about, I know it's not exactly on topic, but in almost all the old stuff that you get a hold of, they'll talk about a post-Atlantean existence. And I just want to ask you, you know, when we talk about a Buddha or Krishna Zoroaster, we think, oh, wow, that's really ancient, ancient, ancient. But we really don't have a view beyond a certain point in your eyes with the line that we cannot see across. Would that be the so-called fall of Atlantis? Uh. It is possible through the Akashic records, and these are Christ masters, and some of them are enlightened teachers who have these talents, teachers who have reached nirvana, enlightenment. But let us remember that technically all octaves are octaves of enlightenment. So from, from the highest to lowest, because we are all learning. So basically they're all octaves of enlightenment. However, when you look at that, um, the, the Atlantean tragedy was one of, that is Noah's flood. It was the use, a misuse of a power crystal that is still hidden off the coast of uh, Cuba in the Bimini area. And that crystal is still underwater. They are looking for it. Um, and it is actually in plain sight. It's being held by two hands. And it was called the two-eye stone. And that is the crystal they used to turn on a energy which destroyed Atlantis in, uh, in a very, very short time. And these were the children of physicality, the children of Belial, who was a demon or a negative entity. And uh, that is what caused the flood and the sinking of Atlantis. And that is, they were much longer lived at that time. There was more oxygen on the planet. But we, as alchemists, must live in the here and now. And it's great to research things and find out what has happened in the past and what people, where people went wrong. However, we, as we will discuss in the second hour, we are in such a dark time right now that we need to focus with all our intent and our hearts and being on this time. But for the, the beginning, the beginning of alchemy is the phrase, let there be light. And when the alchemical job is done, thy will be done is the closing phrase. 
So let there be light is always the beginning phrase of the alchemist, and I will be done. It's the closing phrase, and we will end on this for um, all of those who love history and language. The greatest mistranslation in all of human history is the first line of the Hebrew Bible. Uh, it does not say, in the beginning. Hebrew has vowels underneath it. And the meaning can change by the vowels, by the little dots under each word. What the first phrase of the Bible actually says is alchemical in every way, shape, or form. It says, in a beginning or in any beginning, there is light. Let there be light. So, as the Buddha said, there never was an original beginning and there never will be a final end. So, there have been an infinite number of beginnings, and every moment we live in is a new beginning. As we know, there, as we already have discussed, there is no death in the universe, but infinite and eternal rebirth and life. I just want to shut up and let fortune talk, <laughs> actually. <at this point. laughs> let, him, let him go. I don't have any more for the first hour, so this is your chance to ask anything you would like. So we go into the second hour, and you're both going to really like the second hour. I like every time I speak with you, Fortune. Um, it's odd, though, when I consider that most of the people out there listening, some of the things you've said will be so foreign, and that kind of underscores what I call the death-based system. The low vibrational death-based system has taught you all these things that when you start to grow up a little bit, they almost become valueless. Consider a world that is inundated with news and the news is always negative and low vibrational and divisive and meant to teach you that human beings are violent. We kill each other. There's death, there's sickness, and then go back to what you were talking about, about these entities that look for low vibration. As a matter of fact, was it Phoenix Aurelius? There were a few people recently who were drawing on kind of mainstream medical professionals who were going a little away from the mainstream and saying things like um, schizophrenia and drug addiction are driven by these, what were they calling them, Jason? Was it archons? I don't know, but it's like an entity. And so when you begin to put together where we are and everything you've just laid down, we must be having an epidemic of the things that occur when mass population is a low vibration. And I know there's not a question in there, but if you see where I'm going. Well, we're, we're only here because this is the path. This is where we have chosen to be. This is where most of humanity has allowed itself to go. Nothing happens in the universe without our permission. So um, the Christians say, you know, Satan has to come in. The devil has to be invited in can't cross your path unless he's invited in. Uh, another Christian uh, adage is the devil, or I think it's from Matthew, the devil only has the power you give him. So a con man can only con the greedy. The trick only works if you buy into it or believe it. So what everybody has bought into or what everybody believes uh, each individual is responsible for his own choices. And this is why they used to teach you in religious schools, uh, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, choose wisely, choose carefully, because you will have to live by the choices and decisions you make. I think it might be a fair statement, and of course this will be more for our two, but this negativity that... Pro was mentioning earlier, there's a spell that has been cast, if you want to put it that way, on the world for the most part, on a large part of the world. I would assume that is bringing down the consciousness of everyone, of humanity, because they are accepting a not true thing as a true thing. And that thing is, of course, a very negative thing. I don't want to interrupt, but I think I know exactly what Fortune's about to say. Uh, for the past hundred years since World War I, the past the 20th century has been the most bloody in human history. And it has also been one of the most irreligious where people have walked away from right decisions 
Life is about sharing and caring. The heart of God is expressed on earth as we care for one another. Every man is God's hand and feet on earth. So the 20th century has been one of great selfishness. The Hasidic master, Rabbi Nachman of Bratslav, had seen a glimpse of the future and he said, we are going into a, uh, an era of great atheism. And he saw that in the future. Now, one thing that we have to remember uh, is that since the universe operates on perpetual health, we are all here to learn lessons, and we do have a very, very great power and, and uh, a great power to direct how we learn our lessons. So suffering is optional. This century, we have chosen to suffer, but anything can change in a moment, in the blink of an eye, and there is no punishment. So whatever we have done in the past, we might have heavier karma, meaning lessons but we still get to decide whether we learn those lessons in joy or in suffering. We don't have to turn on the news. We don't have to pay attention to all of these things. And there are many people who don't have TVs. And it's the funny thing that every religion says no television, which I guess goes back to some of the no graven images. But if you look at any uh, religious sect, the, the Hindu monasteries, the Hindus that are religious, no television. The religious Buddhists, no television. The Orthodox Jews, no television. The religious Christians, no television. We forgot oneness. We forgot how to live in harmony with one another and the rhythm of the day, the rhythm of life, and rather trying to create things for self and individuals, and therefore we were divided and conquered in that manner because everybody was thinking of himself rather than working together, which will bring us into our uh, the second half of the program. And when I would like you to ask me the same question about the dark ritual spell, and I will talk to you about that in specific. All right, Jason's going to open the second hour with that. Can you keep that in mind? You know what I love about talking with you, Fortune? As you know me, I go grab a book. I've got a stack of books on St. Germain. I even got more of them after I met you. And I read the old quotes attributed to him. And everything you're saying, it's, it's the same. It's almost like I'm speaking to the original St. Germain. But I want to close with a couple quotes that are attributed to your illustrious ancestor. If you know they're not, you can, of course, correct me, but listen to these ideas in, in a world that has become so dark around us lately. Here's one. If you focus on the sweeter things of life, that's exactly what you're going to get of life or out of life. Here's another one, which echoes what Fortune just told us. There is no devil in the universe except mankind's own inharmonious thoughts and feelings both individual and en masse, which relates to a couple things you've said. And I'll do one more because I enjoy these quotes so much. Remember, blessed children of men, that the purpose of the real science or alchemy should be to increase the happiness and to free the race from every external condition that would not be beneficial for the elevation of man to the pristine greatness of his original cosmic destiny. Do you feel like those are accurate quotes, Fortune, before we wrap up? Well, everything that man knew, I know, and I am the keeper of, as we spoke about in the first interview, I have everything that man had uh, and left behind, including the diamond he took the four out of for King Louis XV, uh, including the Philosopher's Stone, which is a red diamond including a blue diamond, and these were, well, the, the clear stone belonged to Louis XV, and that was the one he removed the floor from, and the blue diamond, and the red diamond, and the green diamond, uh, not an emerald, and not a ruby, but a red diamond, and a green diamond were created along, uh, the blue, red, and green were his creations, 
into very large, flawless stones. So those are in my possession. And that is, as we said, that is physical alchemy at the very, very end for the advanced teacher. But here is a great physical alchemical uh, practice for our students as we uh, head into discussing how to get out from under the dark clouds. If you don't fear it and you don't judge it, if there's no fear and no judgment, it cannot hurt you. So you just stand in your circle. You don't fear it. You don't judge it. Once you judge it, you're giving it acknowledgement and you're assigning uh, a value to it. And then it takes on a life of its own, just as fear does. But if you don't fear it and don't judge it, it will bypass. And you can do, and that moment, you can do the disconnect, which we talked about just a few moments ago with the uh, counterclockwise blue tornado. If you ever, ever find yourself in a situation uh, where you see harm directly coming to you quickly, not the OM, but one of the names of God is you, H-Y-U. And if you do that and you just say it as if you were saying the OM, you pronounce it loudly. And as the OM is the OM, which is the breath of God, breathe Brahma, breathing in and out. If you just say the you, that will help. That is the name of God, one of the names that will help dispel um, any negativity coming towards you. And uh, as we talk about our last one, this is both in one package, which uh, the listeners will love. Saint Germain remained young most of his life. He lived uh, to be around 120 years. He spanned three centuries, and he did it. Uh, he did not ingest gold, as people think, so there was none of that. He did not ingest monoatomic or powdered gold. He didn't eat it. But this is an eternal youth meditation, and this is available for all those who choose to do it. You take into your heart doubt, fear, darkness, and death, blow it up in violet flame, and then you breathe in as usual through the crown and through your um, root, and you say, I am divine alchemy, infinity, and miracles as you breathe it in. I am divine joy, youth, and beauty. And you say, I grow, and you can even give a number with this, how many years younger in selfless service. And as you say that, you breathe out divine joy, youth, and beauty, and you bless Mother Earth and all humanity with it. If you want to start out and use the energy just for yourself, you take it in and swirl it all around in your body, and then you can bless the excess out to Mother Earth and all humanity. And if you want to just do it without thinking of self, which will help you, you can just breathe it in and just make the total intent for Mother Earth and all humanity. And there was a very, very great Christ teacher. Some will say the greatest of the avatars on earth, the greatest, the man who went further, the soul that went further than anyone else. They would say that was Jesus. And he said something to humanity, greater than I shall ye do. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up our one. You know, Fortune, when we first met, I'm pretty common sense, logical man. Uh, I had to consider who you really are. And then very recently, you drove it home with a spike made of gold when you, with three words, helped me have an epiphany that I knew from the moment you said it was correct. And I can't talk about these things right now. Maybe at some time in the future, I will talk about what fortune has done for me personally, but I will close with another St. Germain quote, which I find important. Here it is. I spend my life wrestling my own mind over so many things. I chose to be noble, even if it slips away from my grasp at times. Anyhow, that's going to bring hour one of episode 388 to a close. First hour is free to everybody at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. Members know to log in for the full two-hour, two-hour-plus episode. And with that, I'd like to wish everybody in the world a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing.